changes everything. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this morning, so go ahead and turn there. It's page 1020, uh, if you're using the, the Bible there in the seats around you. Um, and as you turn there, um, there's... Uh, I, I was thinking about Hagen doing announcements, and uh, got me a little bit off. He, was, he wanted so badly to tell you about Fuse, he couldn't get any of the other announcements out. I just thought he was like, oh, I thought about Fuse. Anyways... Uh, there's something very exciting about Christmas 2019, and that's this. There are a bunch of our people, part of our church family, who are celebrating Christmas for the first time as a follower of Jesus Christ in 2019. is that awesome? Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it's just a, a cool thing. Some of us, you know, we've been Christians for a long time, maybe, um, and so, you know, it's, it's Christmas, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And sadly for us, we sometimes take it and it's, it's not as exciting. Um, but it should be. We're going to be talking about that today. But yeah, there are some who are doing this for the first time, having Christmas as a follower of Christ for the first time. We want that to continue. So we're going to try something this morning. You ready? Everybody grab their phone. Alright, you got your phone? Pull it out. Then, I want you to go to your Facebook app. Don't act like you don't have one. I've seen you guys on Facebook. Yeah, even, even Joe has one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's got, yeah, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get to it on that phone, Joe. <laughs> Joe pulls out his bag phone. Some of you guys don't even know what a bag phone is, do you? First cell phones were a bag phone. No, not the first, but... Early on. I used to have one. They work great out in Nebraska, believe it or not. Alright, so you're on your Facebook page, right? So, some of you know how to get to Grace Point, so get to Grace Point's page. Some of you don't know how to get there, so up in the search field, and like we had to talk to, we had to do this for Pastor Kevin. It's the circle with the little line in it. <laughs> he didn't even know what the search Man, I really hope they don't listen to this message. Um, <laughs> so Kevin, Kevin's an awesome pastor and, and preacher, uh, but he is terrible when it comes to tech. It's just amazing. Trying to explain something to him is, well, well it's, it's incredible in staff meeting. Anyways, so find Grace Point. Everybody find it? Everyone's on, I'm going to go do it the way I usually do it. So you should have like little, three little lines in the bottom corner. Click on that. Go to Grace Point if you have it already. If you don't already like Grace Point, like Grace Point, Okay. Put your phones up. I don't believe you guys have your phones up. All right, some of you guys do. Okay. Now, go however you want to get to events. You can scroll down and find our Christmas Changes Everything event. Okay? Are you there? Do you know how to get there? Okay. <laughs> Somebody help Melissa out. So once you find it, you click on it. And then it'll say interested or going. So you're going to click going. Pastor said so. Okay. Then you're going to like it. I think you can like it. Maybe not. Either way, you're going. And then you're going to share it. 
so that your friends and family will see it. They'll be like, hey, those are, that's my awesome friend who goes to Grace Point Church and they're going to their Christmas service, the Christmas Eve service, and I'm going to go too because I want to be awesome like them. And then you're going to have the opportunity to sit by them when they show up and talk to them about the message and about what Christ has for them like we're going to do this morning. All right? We're doing it at all three campuses. So right at the beginning of each of the messages, Kevin, Zach, and me, we're going to do that. So hopefully that blows up Facebook. And um, I mean, if it blows up Facebook, I'm fine with it too, if you know what I'm saying. You're rough. So today we're going to look at the fact that Christmas changes everything. And, I, and I've entitled the message this morning, it, it changes everything by giving meaning to the mundane. How's that for a word? Meaning to the mundane. Hopefully it's such a weird word that you're going to remember it during this week. And what do I mean by that? It's this. In spite of uh, the lives that we see on TV, you know, the, the TV shows, for whatever reason, Kim somehow got me hooked on NCIS LA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> stupid. But anyways, so we're kind of hooked on it, and so we watch it. We even watch it on Ion TV and all the reruns. And stuff. I have so, I'm so clueless as to what that show is all about anymore now, because it's just, anyways. But it is these beautiful people, right? You know, this beautiful lady and these three hunky guys, and, and they're all about saving the U.S. and the world from terror, terrorism. And their life is full and it's exciting. And every single day they're finding themselves in life-threatening situations. And, and they, they work through it together as a team. And at the end of the show, they sit back and they reminisce about what had just taken place and the awesomeness of their friendship and the interaction. And somebody comes up with some sort of pithy saying at the end. And everyone's like, Oh, that's just wonderful. Right? Well, on these TV shows, and again, I love my wife, and so I do this for her. She's like, well, turn on one of those Hallmark movies. <laughs> so I have a speech impediment, and now I have a tick. Um, so... Um, <laughs> these TV shows where love always wins out, and it doesn't matter what doesn't matter what the circumstance, love wins out, and that's what it's all about this time of the year is love and peace, and some girl from the inner city marrying some prince from a country that doesn't even exist. You know. Anyways. Or, or, you have, or you have people on Facebook. Maybe you guys have some of these friends on Facebook that their life looks so full. Like, how do you do everything that you're doing on Facebook? I am not lying. There's a guy that I went to high school with. Every time he posts something, he's in a different country. How do you do that? And he's got his entire family with him. They're hanging out in, you know, Acapulco, and then they're over in Puerto Rico. I don't know. But that's not life, right? 
Right? <laughs> wow. No, what, what is life for most of us? It's getting up every morning, going to work, paying bills, mowing the lawn, or shoveling snow, which fortunately we haven't had much of yet. It's, it's dealing with crabby family members, crabby co-workers, health issues, colds, flu, worse situations than that. Life is not this incredibly full thing that TV tries to make it out to be, or movies try to make it out, or Facebook tries to make it out to be. It's just not, right? Maybe yours is. Mine, mine isn't. And life at its, its worst is depressing. Merry Christmas, everybody, by the way. And, <laughs> and at best, it's mundane. That's where the word mundane comes from. I, I've just been thinking about what's going on in the life of people in our church, and I'm thinking, you know, we've got people going through rough times, we've got people who have just accepted Christ, and, 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 uh, and I'm thinking, and, and again, for me, I'm one of these people that, I, lo- I like Christmas, I like Christmas songs, but I've got to be careful. If, I, if there was no Christmas, I, I wouldn't, it's, you know, in one sense, it's just another day for me. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, so how does this all play out? And, and so, we decided as pastors we're going to look at the, uh, the shepherds here in chapter 2 of Luke. And as I was reading through it, I started trying to put myself in the, in the sandals of these shepherds. Because really, the shepherds, if anybody lived a somewhat depressing, mundane life, it would be shepherds. These poor guys, they had to hang out with sheep. And I don't know if you've been around sheep. They stink. The little ones are cute. They go running around and they chase each other. And if you get like 20 of them, they'll they'll do the same thing. And they just go, they're pretty fun to watch. But they stink and they're stupid. And they want to take off. And they want to go. And so these shepherds are constantly, night, literally night and day, hanging out in the fields, making sure that a wolf doesn't come by, a a lion doesn't come by, uh, a thief doesn't come by, somebody... Or one of them just doesn't take off. And so, these guys, if anybody in this, in the Christmas story are like us, it's, it's these guys. If we can identify with anybody, I think we can identify most with the shepherds. And so that's why want, we want to look at these guys this morning. And we're going to start in verse 8. Mary and Joseph have already arrived in Bethlehem. We're going to talk about Mary and Joseph next week, so I don't want to get into too much detail there. Um, other than to say that the, the trek that they made was from uh, Nazareth down to Bethlehem, and that took about a week. It was 80 to 100 miles, depending on which way they go. Um, so, poor Mary, who's pregnant. Because, um, of course, nowadays women drive, and so she was the one walking while he was on the donkey. So, anyway, it would be her driving. Get it? It's a joke. I'm just going to quit. Uh, <laughs> quit trying to be funny. So we're going to start in verse 8. So Mary and Joseph, uh, Joseph are already in Bethlehem. Uh, they're there for the census, as we, as we know. And um, the baby's born. Jesus is born. All right. So we got baby there in the manger. And it says this. In the same region, so right there around Bethlehem, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their smelly 
stupid flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be frightened. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, hey, don't be frightened. <laughs> Do not be frightened, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there was born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. If you can, act like you've never heard this before. I know for you guys that have been in church all your lives, this is like, uh, you're almost saying it along with me, right? Except maybe in the King James. Um, Because you've known about it for so many years. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. A manger is a food trough. Okay? And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. When the angels had gone away from the from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one, age, one another, What was that? Uh, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger, just like the angel said. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. Now, we'll hear about this next week, but an angel has already appeared to Joseph and to Mary. And so you can tell they're they're probably, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph, they're probably talking about, hey, you saw an angel? Yeah, I saw an angel. And what did he say? What did he say to you? And so they're talking about it. Okay, They're kind of working through all this that they've just learned about. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. Because again, the shepherds were looking for Mary and Joseph. Hey, have you seen a couple? There's supposed to be a baby laying in a manger. And so people are, what in the world is a baby doing in a manger? You really got to think through these stories, people, because that's not, unu- that's not usual for somebody to put their baby in a manger where, the, where a cow is going to be eating food out of it. So it was unusual for these people. Like, what? What are you talking about? But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back to the sheep, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. So what's this message, first of all, that was given? 400 years, God has not spoken to Israel. The last book of the Bible, chronologically, is the book of Nehemiah. And Israel had come back into the land. God had told Nehemiah, rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And so he's, he's done that. And then God goes silent for 400 years. A long time. Out of the blue... Angels start showing up, talking about this Savior that the Old Testament had talked about, had promised that this Savior has shown up. And so people, obviously, are going to be pretty excited because now it's not just a group of shepherds who've seen it. Mary has seen it. Joseph's seen it. We know others have seen angels hearing about the story. So he breaks into this mundane life that these shepherds have, hanging out in a field, no doubt they used to lay there and look up into the stars and, you know, think about how cool, I mean, think about it. They had no lights. You know, we lay out in a field now and our neighbor's over here with his lights, so it's kind of like blinding us, right? They drive by at night. This guy's got a setup like you would not believe over here. Um, but yeah, they're just kind of hanging out and looking. It's just pitch black and just beautiful and all of a sudden some angels, you know, show up in front of them. So what's the... What's the message? The message is a Savior is born. Why is a Savior born? Because we have a sin problem. 
There's a reason why, as Luke was talking about last week, appreciated him coming up and filling in for me while I was on vacation. There's a reason why God the Son put on flesh and became Jesus Christ, Jesus the King, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus. is because there's a Savior born. In fact, in Romans, Paul talks about, he says, notice my Christmas colors. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift. That's why we give gifts at Christmas, by the way. There'd be no other reason why we'd be giving Christmas gifts on December 24th and 25th. If it wasn't for this fact, Christmas, Christ, miss, right? Why? Because God gave us the greatest gift and we, we're giving gifts to everybody else because we want to remember that, right? Two of you, again. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sinned, you can go back. Sin, that word there, means to miss the mark. We've missed the mark of God's perfection. We're not perfect. We're sinners. We all are, by the way. And there's not anybody here that's any better than anybody else. We're all sinners. And the wage of that sin is death. and That's eternal death in hell. And so, because we've sinned against God, we've disobeyed God's laws, God, who is just... He's a God of justice. He has to punish sin. And so, that punishment, sadly, is a death sentence. An eternal death sentence in hell. But we get that, right? We've talked about this quite a bit. If somebody were to come into your house and rob you, or somebody was to come into your house and hurt you or one of your family members, you would want the law to do what it's supposed to do and take care of that person who sinned against you who hurt you, who broke the law. But when it's us, we're kind of like, you know, if I walked into someone's house and stole something from them, I'd be like, well, judge, you have to understand where I'm coming from and why I did that, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why you don't need to throw the book at me. But in reality, we all stand before God one day as our judge. He's holy. He can't have sin in His presence, so He can't have us in His presence, and He's just, and so He's going to deal with sin, and He's going to deal with everyone's sin one way or another. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, the baby who grew up to be a man. Fully man, fully God. And so as man, He was able to live a perfect life which we needed to do and can't do. So He did it for us. And then He died on the cross, died an eternal death in hell for each one of us. He's God. He can do that. He's infinite. He can die for each one of our eternal death sentences. And that's what He did when He died on the cross. If there was some other way of doing it, don't you think God would have done it some other way? If, if it was possible for us to somehow or another do enough good things in our lives to erase the bad and the sin in our lives, don't you think God would say, yeah, you guys do. You guys take care of it. Why would God want to put on flesh and die a horrible death? doesn't make any sense, except for the fact that only He is able to secure our salvation, to forgive our sins. And in doing that, He, he forgives our sins. He, the Bible tells us He adopts us into His family. The Holy Spirit is placed in our lives. God the Holy Spirit is placed in our lives. And then it gives meaning 
to the mundane life that we have, which we're going to look at as we move along here. And so, the next thing we know is it's, the angels say it's, a, it's good news. Well, we know what the bad news is, right? <laughs> but this is good news. It's great to know. It's, it's unbelievable that God would do that for mankind. He didn't have to do that. He could have continued to exist. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in, in perfect unity and completeness. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need to save us. The good news is that it doesn't have to end that way for us. We don't have to come to the end of our life and wonder what the future has for us. In fact, it makes an impact on our lives even today. It's a free gift. If, if you were to give me a gift, and then I tried, before I took it from you, I tried to give you some money, or, or I said, well, before I take it, let me come over to your house and, and let me uh, fix some trim in your house because I noticed some trim was hanging. Or, or I said, hey, listen, you know, your yard needs to be picked up. Let me go ahead and pick that up for you a little bit. Or, hey, your car needs to be worked on, so let me go ahead and take your car and give it to a mechanic and I'll pay for it. You would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, I'm just giving you a gift. It's a gift. That's what the word gift means. To put free next to it is kind of redundant. That's what a gift is, right? So it's crazy for us to be like, okay, wait a second, God, you know, before, before I accept your gift, let me do a couple things for you. God's like saying, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't need you to do anything for me, number one. Number two, it doesn't do anything. I can, I'm the one who could do what needed to be done. I'm the only one. And so it's good news. It's something that we should be excited about. In fact, that's what the, the angel said. It, it brings great joy. Not just regular joy, but Great joy. See, this is something that's far deeper than emotion. It's far deeper than happiness. Everybody wants to be happy, right? Everybody on Facebook seems to want to be happy. They're all talking about this is how you be happy and blah, blah, blah. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is based on the circumstances you find yourself in. But happiness goes away. You might get a new job, and that's exciting. You're making more money. But you know what happens about six months later? It's a job. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I'm making more money. But man, it's just my boss and my coworkers and, and the, the people I got, the customers I got to deal with. And pretty soon that happiness is gone because happiness is fleeting. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is soul level. It's heart level. It's at the very core of who we are. It's this message of a free gift from God, of our salvation, of our sin being forgiven, and a relationship with God and eternity in heaven one day, that penetrates any circumstance we might find ourselves in, and it gives us a deep-seated joy. It's, it's certainty. It's realizing God's got this. If He's got my eternity, He's got my earthly situation figured out. And in my earthly situation, obviously we're not going to be able to get to it, but we're going to be doing a series in January called Hindsight 2020. And we're going to look at the fact that all of us have a bunch of junk in our past, and maybe even in our present, but how God can take that. If we give our lives to Christ, He can take all that junk and use it to make an impact in other people's lives. 
Nobody else can do that but God. And some of you guys, I know your story, and you're experiencing that in your life today. God restoring relationships. God taking bad decisions and turning it to something that was good. If nothing else, giving you the wisdom. I'm not going to do that again. That's a good thing. It's awesome to see. It's so much fun to hear the stories of what's going on. Relationships healed and, you know, it's joy. I, I was talking to somebody, and uh, this, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now, but um, they'd recently come to Christ here in our church, and I didn't ask permission, so I won't tell you their name. Um, but they were saying, I've had the most miserable week of my life. But there's just something about now that I've come to Christ where I would have normally gone off and done something stupid. But I don't have any desire to do that, right? I'm actually still, they use the word happy, but what they meant is joyful. There, there's, a, there's a, man, when you know that God's in your life and God's got it figured out, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, there, there's joy there. It's great joy. Now, there's a danger here, too. Let me just throw this out. Some of us will look at it and say, I don't deserve that joy. And so you get a little bit nervous. Hey, I'm feeling joy, but I don't really deserve it. You're right, you don't. And I don't. But you know, even when our kids are disobedient, we give them Christmas gifts, don't we? Because we love to watch them open them up and get all excited about what they just found in that gift. That's what God's saying. Listen, I want you to have that joy. It's part of the gift. Don't feel guilty about feeling joy about what God has done in your life. Take it. Enjoy it. Allow other people to see it. It's part of the process. He goes on, the angel goes on to describe actually the, the other host of angels who showed up. And they describe this message that changes everything. That This message that... Um, brings meaning to the mundane that it's, it's peace that's given and to be accurate to individuals. So the, the good news and the great joy, that's given to every, it's a, it's a, or it's possible for everybody to have. Okay? But the peace, it says, is given to those with whom God is pleased. Alright? So we want to kind of break that down a little bit here. Um, I think it's the next slide, Sherry. Yeah, so glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men. So what does that mean? We're going to break this, break this down. So, the peace among men can't be peace between you and me. You know, that, peace between people. Can't be what they're talking about. How do I know that? Because Jesus brought conflict when he was on the earth. So Jesus wasn't at peace with everybody on this earth, right? That's one reason why he's hung on a cross. Because there was not peace between him and the religious leaders of the day. There was not peace between him and the governmental leaders of the day. So it, they can't be talking about having peace between people. It, it's peace in the midst of people. Peace among men. It's in the midst of people. Here's it, here it is. It's Emmanuel. God with us. It's God putting on flesh living among men. In fact, the angel who talked with Joseph said this. He reminded him of a prophecy that happened 700 years before Jesus ever showed up. He said this, 
She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah 700 years previous. And again, that's why it's in capital letters. It's talking about the Old Testament. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, Mary, and shall bear a son, Jesus, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Peace among men. It's God in the midst of mankind. And it's peace with who He is pleased. What's that mean? Well, it literally means those upon whom God's will or good pleasure rests. I think Paul says it best in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So do you want to know that you are right with God? Do you want to know that you are you have peace with God, you have to make sure, first of all, that God has justified you. In other words, declared you not guilty of your sin. And how do you do that? You do that by placing your faith in Christ and realizing that He is the one who took your punishment in hell. And when you do that, and say, oh, that was for me? Yeah. Well, then I accept that. Thank you very much. Please forgive me of my sin. God says your sin's forgiven. And now I'm declaring you not guilty of your sin. And, and now... Paul goes on to say that, one, we were helpless prior to Christ. We were sinners prior to Christ. And we were enemies of God. You can read the chapter yourself. So when we place our faith in Christ, when God forgives us of our sins, He is our help, our sins forgiven, and we're no longer enemies. We're a child of God, the Bible says. So it's not that we're just made right. We're adopted into God's family. You talk about having peace with God, you're one of His kids. It's awesome. And again, some people would say, well, that's way too much. I, I, I can't believe that I've been given that gift. Hey, listen. It is way too much. But that's how much God loves us. That's how much He desires to have us know who He is and be in a relationship with Him. So then how do we respond to the gift? How do we respond to what God offers us of forgiveness, adoption, security with Him and in heaven one day? And, and why we live on this, life, on this earth, it's going to give us meaning for our mundane lives. But if you read through this passage, there's four responses by three different people or groups of people. We're not going to talk about Mary's response. We'll be talking about that next week. We want to look at the shepherds and the people to whom the shepherds spoke. So, the shepherds tell the people around the city that they've seen what's going on. Okay, And this is how they respond in verse 18. All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. This word wondered isn't just going, huh, and then going on. Okay, This word has a little bit more Meaning, it's, it's, it's kind of a difficult word actually to translate. But I'll just kind of bring it down to, in context, what's it saying here in these verses? When the people heard the story, they were more uh, focused on the details of the story than the message that the shepherds had for them. So in other words, as the shepherds were telling them the story, the group of people, they're going, wait, 
Well, you saw angels? Whoa, that's pretty cool. What did they look like? Well, I mean, they were up in the sky, and then there's like a bunch more angels showed up? Oh, that's really cool. Like, it just happened? Right out of the blue? I'm like, there was no warning? They just showed up? And the shepherd's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm trying to tell you is I'm looking for our Savior. Yeah, wait, our Savior? What? A baby? Ba- Savior can't be a baby. Savior's got to be a, a, a man, somebody who's going to save us, somebody who can do something. A baby in a manger? A manger? The baby's in a manger? That's where animals eat out of. And what's the parents doing in a stable anyways? Shouldn't they be in the inn? Well, I guess they couldn't find some place. But that's not the point. The point is there's a Savior. These people were so distracted by all the details, by the, if I may say, the bright lights of what they were trying to tell them, that they just sat there in wonder. They sat there not responding, not understanding the message. It's like the vast number of people and sadly, a bunch of people who even attend church who are more concerned about all the details around Christmas than what the message is. Oh, I've got to make sure I get the lights up in the house. And, and uh, oh man, I hope when I go to church, they sing those good old Christmas songs. And then they leave, oh, you know, they didn't actually really sing the song that I liked. And I don't know. How was Christmas this year? Well, it's okay. You know, I wanted to do it candlelight service, and they didn't really do that, and I don't know, and I was kind of hoping for a gift from my wife, like concealed carry, and um, I didn't get that, and you know, even Christians get caught up in the details, and we miss the message. What God wants us to do and be is like these shepherds. And they responded in two ways. The first is that they went and sought out the message. They, they went and said, okay, wait, the angels told us this, but we're going to go check it out. And so it, it says this, when the angels went away, what is, let us go straight to Bethlehem then. It's the middle of the night, people. Do not come and check out the message of Jesus Christ at 1 o'clock in the morning at my house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talk about concealed carry. <laughs> Anyways. Just, just kidding. You can stop by. Just text first. Um, so let us go straight to Bethlehem. And this is what? They hurried. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph. They were, wait, there's a Savior? There's this possibility of us being saved from our sin. There's a possibility of us actually being able to go to heaven that we're not really sure we're going to get to because we're not really sure if we're Jewish enough, if we're doing things well enough, we're not following the law well enough. There's a possibility around all that. Let's go check it out. Let's go search it out. Let's go see if this message is really true. And so some of you here this morning and a bunch of people in your lives need to be challenged to search out the message of Jesus Christ. Is He who He says He is? Is He who the angel says He is? Is He really the Savior of the world? The Savior of mankind? And for some of you, you need to research it. God's not afraid of you checking Him out and questioning Him and looking for information. And the Bible even says if you're searching truth, if you're really searching for truth, God will reveal the truth to you. And so you need to do that. For some of you, you're here this morning, you're like, I want some of that. 
I, I want that gift. If it's sitting here in front of me, I want it. And so then, for you, it's to accept it. To accept the fact that Jesus is your Savior. God's offering to forgive you of your sin. To declare you not guilty. And He's offering to adopt you into His family. To put God the Holy Spirit into your life who will strengthen you and encourage you and help you through all the stuff that you're going to go through. Because when the shepherds left, what did they do? They went back to tending sheep. They went back. By now, maybe it's morning. And they just sat down and they watched the sheep. Oh, make sure you get sheep number 250 over there. Tell them to get back over here. They went back to their mundane lives. But everything changed for them. It says they went back glorifying God and praising Him. It's written that way because we're not told what went on in the rest of their lives and Luke isn't going to go check, you know, chase them down every few years to find out how they're doing. The point is that that, was a, a, that became something, the ING, praising and glorifying God, has this idea of a, it was a constant part of their life from that day forward. That they understood who Jesus was, what God was offering, they accepted it, and their life from that point forward, as they returned to their mundane life, now had meaning because now they had a relationship with God. And they were thanking Him for that. And they were, can you imagine these guys? I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I have too much of a cartoon brain, but I could just imagine, like, six months after this happened, they're sitting there looking up in the sky and they're like, I think we're going to see an angel again. Right? Hey, remember that night when the angel showed up and he told us about the Savior? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. My life's never been the same since. Because I know that God's in my life today and I know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven one day. It's something that I'm sure they constantly remembered. Their hearts were changed. Their souls were changed. Their perspective on life changed. Everything changed for them. Because they understood what a relationship with God through faith in Christ meant for them. So God's offering that gift this morning. Now I know a bunch of you guys here have already made that decision. But in, in case there's somebody who hasn't, what I want to do, and I do this on a regular basis, I just want to offer you an opportunity to have a conversation with God. And the, the band's going to, you guys going to come up and close? Want to do that? So the band's going to come up and close, but as they do, let's all just close our eyes and bow our heads. And, and if, if you want to, if you would like for me to help you, you don't have to. I, I, I put a, a prayer that you could pray uh, in your notes. Uh, again, the prayer isn't what saves you, it's what your heart is saying to God and what God does in your life. But if you would like to, if you'd like help in praying a prayer, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Um, and so here's what I'd like to do is, as we have our eyes closed and heads bowed, that if you would like for me to lead you in a prayer, uh, just go ahead and slip your hand up real quickly and, and I'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I'll pray and kind of lead you in that. Um, if not, like I said, if you need time to research it, which I would encourage you to do, to, uh, to do that, and then I put a prayer in the notes 
for you. Just one last time. If anybody would like me to do that, I, I can. I'm good with doing it. If not, that's fine too. Let me go ahead and close in prayer and then the band will close us out for the service. Lord, I want to thank you for today. And thank you for the opportunity we had to, um, to look into your word and to hear about this incredible message that you've given to us that you're offering salvation from our sin, offering us a relationship with you, offering us a, um, an eternity, a eternity that is secure with you in heaven. And Lord, for, for us here who know you, one other thing that we really didn't talk about was the fact that the, that the shepherds went and were talking to people about this message. Lord, help us to be people who are willing to talk to our friends and family about this message. And to help people see through all the details and all the surrounding stuff that goes with Christmas to understand the message that You have given the greatest gift of all. Your faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, give us opportunity this week to do that. Give us the courage to do that. Give us the love for others that You have in order to do that. We praise things in Christ's name. Amen. We're not just the people, but just Your face. We thank You for all You're doing here at Grace Point.